Welcome, welcome into Win by Two. The NBA season has finally reached the All-Star break. They are in Indianapolis the rest of this weekend for some fun festivities. Time to recap the first half. I mean, it's it's the first 60%, 70%, because it's not exactly in half the NBA All-Star game. But an exciting start to the season it's been. The Boston Celtics at 43-12 and 12 lead the league best record overall, followed by the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are in second place in the East. Uh, the best record in the West is the Timberwolves at 39-16. and 16. And we, I mean, let's give a shout out to the worst team, the worst organization ran. It's a tie between the Wizards and the Pistons, but for the moment, Detroit with one more loss than the Wizards at eight and forty-six. Poor, poor guys. They need Richard Hamilton and Ben Wallace, etc., and Chauncey Billups back. Boston Celtics have been cruising so far. You could argue they got better from last year with Drew Holiday, Christoph Porzingis, some moves that they've made, utilizing Peyton Pritchard a tiny bit and Derek White. Went from a fro to no beard, now has a beard and no hair. And he's played a little bit better as well. Plays great uh, on the defensive end, lots of intensity. Yeah, win by two, host by Spencer Porter. Hank's not with us today. Just going to predict, see, see where we think things are going. Uh, once again, I mean, the East is just weak. Boston first, then Cleveland, Milwaukee, New York, Philly. The Pacers at six. And then seven through ten, you have... You know, that's a, its own bracket now with those playing games. The Heat, the Magic, the Bulls, the Hawks. You know, the Bulls are ninth in the Eastern Conference with a losing record. The first losing record in the West is at 11th place with the Jazz at 26 and 30. You know, there's 10 teams, 10 teams in the West with a winning record. It continues to just show out, be the shining star. Minnesota and OKC have been great this year. A lot of young guys, you know, a lot of just long arms, lurpiness, just big bodies in those lineups, especially the Timberwolves. I mean, just they're absolutely massive. With Jaden McDaniels, Nas Reed, and of course, you know, the names that we focus on more, Rudy Cobert and Cat. Uh, they're crazy. I mean, even Anthony Edwards is six five stud. The Celtics, I could see him being in the finals again. They're they're so solid. Tatum and Brown have just been smooth. Brown had a bad postseason, bad NBA Finals. You know, that's fresh in his head. Joe Mazzula, you could argue, is the worst coach in the NBA. But this offseason, he's been able to get better. You know, there's some, always some great mentoring around there in the front office of the Celtics. And Brad Stevens is there who was coaching the Celtics years ago, a few years ago. Cleveland is a great roster. Evan Mobley, Darius Garland, there's some exciting guys. Dean Wade is just a knockdown shooter. Forget about him. Of course, it's it's Donovan Mitchell uh, doing his thing. Great numbers he's been putting up. And Jared Allen is a hustler and gets his hands on so many balls, whether it's blocking it or getting those boards. I'm here to tell you, though, Donovan Mitchell is a fraud once we get to the postseason. He's too small, 6'2", 6'3". Uh, the postseason, he just he's not in the bubble anymore. His postseason performances just aren't enough because uh, it's easy to game plan against him. It's easy to frustrate him because, you know, frankly, he's short because the NBA is just, it's insanely evolved now. And 6'3 is just not what it once was, even though he, he's a stud. Um, but just 
it's going to fizzle out at some point in the playoffs, whether it's round one or two, or maybe uh, later on for the Cavs if they can go that far. The Milwaukee Bucks suck at defense. The Bucks thirty-five and twenty-one. The roster is amazing. They can shoot. They can score. They can go in inside with Giannis, outside with Damian Lillard, who's the second best shooter in the league behind Steph Curry. Um, but they are so bad at defense. You'd think they'd have they'd have some hype, some excitement, getting Doc Rivers as their new head coach. The Milwaukee Bucks end the All Star break with losses to the Miami Heat without Jimmy Butler. Nikola Jovic was the leading scorer of that game. They lose to the Heat 123 to 97. And then last night they lose to the Grizzlies 113 to 110. No Jared Jackson. No John Morant. Okay. Just kids. Just kids on the Grizzlies. Zaire Williams, GG. Uh and they they just get messed with. Just one, two, three, Indianapolis. All-star break focus. They do not play defense. Uh, maybe they're excited in their minds that Doc Rivers is with them and not Adrian Griffin, but they haven't been playing like it on the defensive end. It could come together, but they need some long steps to go. Even you know Charles Barkley, Shaq, and Kenny, they're hard on the Bucks right now because... They don't play any defense, and they have too much talent uh, to perform so poorly. Uh, I mean, all of their lo- all of their losses is just ridiculous. How many points they allow? But they they just need to turn it around a tiny bit if they show more intensity on the defensive end. I mean, they they have Giannis and Damian Lillard, Middleton's always capable, Lopez, Bobby Portis, etc. It's a good Bucks squad. Their defense is just horrible. Doc Rivers is a newcomer. He's also coaching the East in the All-Star game. Funny enough, but uh, Doc Rivers, I mean, his son-in-law, Seth Curry's in the NBA. He seems like he's coached every, every guy. He's had an amazing life. He's a funny guy. So intelligent around basketball. He's been in so many memorable games. You know, him and Patrick Riley. It's a long list, but some guys that have just had some of the coolest lives around basketball. Patrick Riley probably tops tops that list. The New York Knicks are a fun team. They've made some great trades getting OG and Anobi. And they got Quentin Grimes out of there. At, brought in uh, Alec Burks and Bogdanovich from the Pistons. They're 33-22. and 22, uh, But, you know, it, it's interesting for the Knicks you know, with Brunson and Julius Randle, they've got some great players. Well, they've got some really good players. The tough thing for the Knicks is once the playoffs start uh, or, or after the first round, I mean, if the season ended, the Knicks would play the Sixers. And, you know, Philly without Joel Embiid's just you know, nothing. It's just a bunch of sides, but that main piece is missing. Uh, after the first round, whoever the Knicks play, they don't have the best player on the court, and they might not have the second best player on the court. If they play the Celtics, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are better than Jalen Brunson. If they play the Cavs, Donovan Mitchell's barely better than Jalen Brunson. If they play the Bucks, Lillard and Giannis are better than Jalen Brunson. If they play the Pacers, I'd argue you'd say Halliburton's better than Jalen Brunson. So they're number one even though I love Jalen Brunson, is not as good as the number ones that they're going to face in the playoffs. 
and it's just it's not it's not going to last. They can win maybe one or two playoff series, but they're not going to win four. Um, you know, they're I don't know if they're even going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, but it's a tough boat, and it's it's something I think about with the Jazz a lot. I mean, I love the Jazz when it was Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert early in Donovan's career. Donovan was great, but whoever the Jazz played, whether it was Harden on the Rockets, the Golden State Warriors, even Russell Westbrook and Paul George, the Jazz's star was never better than the other team's star in these, you know, important playoff series. Uh, but when Kawhi Leonard was hurt, the Jazz could have beat the Clippers, but the Clippers bench Terrence Mann, you know. That's that's the X factor, I guess. That doesn't prove my example. But that's the sad reality for the Knicks. The Knicks are awesome. Madison Square Garden's iconic. Their jerseys are sick. Their name is cool. But James Dolan is their owner, and he is a piece of trash. The Pacers are in sixth place. The last team we'll talk about in the East, the last team that I personally think has a chance to make some noise after that. Maybe the Miami Heat with, with Jimmy, but... The Heat have been uh, been peculiar this season. The Pacers are a fun team. They made it to the championship game of the in-season tournament. Tyrese Halliburton is a stud. He leads the league in assists. He's a, a score 223 game. They just added Pascal Siakam. Buddy Heald is gone. But they got Miles Turner. They they got some guys and, and a decent bench. They just need to mesh a little bit better, figure out how to work with Siakam. Siakam has an amazing game. He's just... I know on paper he's efficient. He has a great field goal percentage, but it seems like when you watch him play, he takes a lot of tough shots and misses a lot of shots, but you know, still produces just maybe not as a higher clip as other people. But if they really could get something together, that they could make some noise. They're not afraid of anyone, but they do lack that playoff experience. Playing in that in season tournament championship game in Vegas, I, I mean, it was great experience for them. Uh, good memories that, that could help them in these playoffs. But I think the Celtics are are by far head and shoulders above everyone. I mean, they have a five-game lead in the conference, but also TD Garden, it's impossible to still win there unless you're the Lakers without LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I don't know how that win happened, but they played so tough at home. They played defense. I mean, think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they've played together forever. Derek White and Pritchard. Uh, they work together well, and Porzingis is always a weird mismatch. Al Horford can sometimes kill you on the three and sometimes isn't very valuable, but then they could go other ways. And Drew Holiday is a great defender, a pesky guy, uh, but has a great offensive game as well. Moving on to the West, more importantly, the real conference, where there's so many great teams. The Timberwolves on top, they're, they're really exciting. Them and the Thunder, really exciting have a lot of guys meshing together well and a couple of unicorns you know with, with uh, Rudy Gobert's crazy size I mean not much of a score of course Holmgren just you know Chet's been been crazy he gets blocks he's skinny but he can shoot uh, he's he's produced really well and Gilgis Alexander SGA he's amazing talk about an efficient score 30 a game he's been great the Timberwolves and the Thunder, they I think it could happen, but they both, you know, lack a lot of playoff experience. The Timberwolves really only have Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert who have 
a lot of playoff uh, games under their belt. Everyone else still fresh in that aspect. Uh, but, you know, the Timberwolves, uh, they remember last year, they were able to get a playoff series and survive the playing tournament. And so Anthony Edwards definitely been saying they're coming hungry. They're not afraid of anyone. I mean, they're bigger than everybody. It's it's unbelievable. They're starting five. Just, I mean, it's, if you watched the Timberwolves come off a plane, I mean, you would be intimidated. They'd probably be intimidated with any, every NBA team because everyone's seven feet now. But you get what I'm saying? The Minnesota, they, they've played really well, as have the Thunder. That's why they're where they're at. But they do lack that playoff experience. The Clippers are in third place at 36 and 17. It's worked with James Harden. They've worked well. Yeah, there's a lot of ego. There's a lot of personalities on this team. But there's also a lot of a lot of regular season winners, which in the end doesn't, you know, compared to winning rings. As Harden, Paul George, and Westbrook, they got nothing in that aspect. Kawhi Leonard has two, but they're hoopers. And they've been working together well. Zubats has been hurt. Palumley's come in. But it's just allowed, you know, the guards to do their thing. Um, they they can be dangerous. They play good defense. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are so long they get some steals. And Harden, uh, he, he's made it work. Uh, it's surprising. And uh, Westbrook's come off the bench and done his shift well. Tyron Lue's their coach. I, I mean, they, they have some things that can work together. Their problem every year up until now has been those injuries. And that's been the number one reason. If they can avoid that number one reason, these, you know, sub sub reasons, these lower negatives uh, might be not as relevant and they might be able to prevail over those. It's going to be interesting to see if they continue to mesh well and stay healthy because they put together some really good ball. And if one guy's not going, I mean, you, you got Harden, you got Terrence Mann off the bench, Norman Powell if you really want to go there, but uh, these guys are scorers and they're professionals, and they've really said all Harden cares about is winning. It surprised me as well. Uh, but for the moment, the Clippers, uh, it's looking legit. They they, uh, they could uh, really make some noise, get to an Eastern, Con- I mean, a Western Conference Finals and do do some good things, but... Anyone in this Western Conference can really do damage. There's so so much talent. Following the Clippers is the Nuggets at 36 and 19. I mean, I still think the Nuggets are the favorite in the Western Conference. There's a lot of teams that don't match up with them very well. You could argue probably be the Timberwolves and the Lakers. Really, the Lakers that match up best with the Nuggets in, in the conference. But Jamal Murray's been hurt a little bit. And... I I really think they're yet to turn it on. Some some games I think Jokic just says, you know, I'll, I'll just get 12 points and still get my triple-double, just spread the ball around. But if he really wanted to, he could get 30 uh, and still get his triple-double. But they they might be missing Bruce Brown a tiny bit, but with Gordon and, and MPJ, they, they've got it all figured out. And, you know, not... Not being in the top three in the Western Conference, people are going to forget about them. Maybe think they were one and done, but but I think the Nuggets, uh, boy oh boy, they're still still a wonderful squad, and no one likes playing at Denver. I mean, Mile High, whatever you want to want to say in regards to the elevation, but they're tough to beat. 
at, well, what was the Pepsi Center? Who knows what it's called now? But Nuggets, don't forget about them. We, we never should. Don't, don't, don't disrespect the champs. The Suns at 33 and 22. I mean, their record should, could, would be even better if their guys played more. Bradley Bill's been banged up. Devin Booker, been hurt. KD, been playing a lot this year. Grayson Allen's been great for them, really has. And they added another piece in this trade deadline. And so the Suns, done well. Done well, got a win over the Kings and the Pistons. I mean, not very hard to beat the Pistons, but Kings are a nice squad. And so the Suns, they added David Roddy from the Grizzlies. But Nurkic has done all right. Grayson Allen's been a sharpshooter. Uh, yeah, shout out Emma Stone. And they're, they're looking good, but they just never play together. You never get Bill, Booker, and KD to play together. Um, so hopefully they can start to play together, and it's, it's going to be a tough out. I mean, KD, what? you just got to outscore him because you're not going to stop him. The Pelicans got the same record as the Suns at 33-22. and 22. They're a really interesting team. You know, they got they got some unique, unique guys. Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, of course, the the main unique guy. And CJ McCollum uh, is not unique. He's just a, an undersized stud who makes great decisions and makes threes. When when they can be healthy, um really, really can do some interesting things and be a tough matchup. But they don't have a lot of that playoff experience. Zion Williamson has just had an interesting NBA career. And I, you don't really want to play anyone in the Western Conference, but I think you could eke out a, a series win over the Pelicans in six or seven games, but they also could too. It could really go any way with them, but I, I don't give the Pelicans as big of a chance in such a talented conference, even though when healthy... They're all right, but when all these other teams are healthy in the Western Conference, they're pretty elite. The Mavericks are right behind the Pelicans by a game. Luka Doncic is amazing. Should be the MVP. This this kid's unreal. But his teammates stink. Kyrie Irving is streaky. Usually puts up some good numbers. They traded Grant Williams, who just didn't seem to be a fit. Um... And it's kind of working, kind of not. They kind of slouch on defense. They're just inconsistent, but also just super talented. They're ending the all-star, well, starting their all-star break on a six-game win streak. They did have some weak teams in the schedule, you know, beating the Sixers, Nets, Knicks, Thunder, Wizards, and Spurs. Not the toughest uh, six straight teams you could you could play but it's all about the wins in the end so Dallas will be interesting I mean Luca is a star you got to stop him or just outscore him and uh, you'll be able to handle the Mavericks they might be able to get one series win one series upset but I, but I don't see it after the Mavericks are the Kings the West is so good so it's hard to show improvement but the Kings you know are they worse than they were last year? 
they got the same guys are they the same are they better the west is just good i it just is hard to tell but they really can gel together well sabonis and fox keegan murray's been great once again in his sophomore year malik monk's awesome off the bench they have a lot of good things going for them but they're kind of in that Nick situation. I mean, they got a squad. You got to love them. I love them. Uh, you, I mean, Darren Fox is awesome. Sabonis, they do, they do everything you want them to. But kind of that Nick situation where whoever, whoever they face, their star is not as good as the star on the team they're playing. SGA of the Thunder is better than Darren Fox. Anthony Edwards is better than Darren Fox. Go to the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard is better than Darren Fox, whether you want to throw Harden or Paul George in there. I don't know. Nikola Jokic is better than Darren Fox. Jamal Murray might be better than Darren Fox. Kevin Durant's better than Darren Fox. If they play the Pelicans, you can. Fox might be better. Luka Doncic is better than Darren Fox. See what I'm saying? Don't want to dig at the Kings because they have an awesome squad and you know, light the beam, the culture, the, the fan base in Sacramento is awesome. But... Fox, Jalen Brunson are awesome, but there's they're often looking up at a star that's just slightly brighter than them. The Lakers are in ninth place. Just some games look great and other games look horrible, but they've won their last six of seven. They're still producing. LeBron's amazing. I don't think he still leads the league in fourth quarter points, but halfway through the season, uh, LeBron led the league in fourth quarter points. He's in year 21, I believe. And he leads, he had, I don't think he still does, but after several months, led the league in fourth quarter points. It's astounding. It's just astounding. LeBron is, is still amazing, still producing. AD can get you a big-time double-double, 30 points, 15 rebounds any night. He just needs to want to. And... He was quite inconsistent last year. He's been better this year, uh, but he's still he's still big time. Anthony Davis is remarkable. If you just watch the lobs that are thrown to him, the hands he has, and the the way he locates where the basket is, where the backboard is, you know, it's not just a a lob where he's straight up just just square to the basket. He's turned around all sorts of ways and still maneuvers in the air to flush home the alley-oop, whether it's just a dunk or a nice touch off the glass. But his ability to receive and locate the hoop on alley-oops is actually masterful. The Warriors are in 10th place at 27-26. They're old, but feisty. Steph Curry's still amazing. It's crazy how much he moves off the ball even though teams try to just mess with him, try to never give him breathing room, but he still gets a shot off. Clay Thompson's been a little moody. He came off the bench against the Jazz last night, dropped 35. But it's just, it, it's not happening. He's he's not the guy anymore. And he's just kind of a catch-and-shoot guy. Uh, I mean, they, that game against the Jazz was absurd. I don't think he can, you know, do those off the dribble and be aggressive like that um, every game. But he's still a knockdown shooter. But I, 
But Jonathan Kaminga is the future. Get him more playing time. And same with Braden Podolsky. Probably said his last name wrong with the kid from Santa Clara, the rookie that's been good. Draymond is still still tough, still a pest. But with the, the Lakers and the Warriors, you know, you get... We saw with the Lakers, they won the in-season tournament. You know, a one-and-done game against the Lakers, good luck. In a series, you might be able to wear them down, get these guys tired, but also they know what they need to do in these playoffs. They know if they give a month, month and a half, two months, and just grind, they'll be able to rest in the offseason. They'll be able to punish you and beat you in a series. So don't count the Lakers or the Warriors out, but they got to get out of this playing situation. If they can somehow get up to sixth or fifth, you never know. But if they stay in this playing situation and have to play the Timberwolves or the Thunder or the Clippers the first round, I just I just don't see it happening. But uh, you, you never know. The, the last 10 games for the Warriors, 8-2. and two. The last 10 for the Lakers, 7-3. and three. So they're trending, but it, it's a close call uh, because they're just so they've those legs have had so many minutes on both rosters. But Draymond Green, Steph Curry, LeBron James, whether you like it or not, I just named three Hall of Famers. So don't give these guys extra opportunities. It's just like going into overtime with Patrick Mahomes. Gotta win the game sooner. Don't let him stay alive. Granted, though, I, I stand by what I what I say. If, if they're still in that play-in situation, I mean, they probably win the playing game, the Lakers, just because, you know, one and done, yeah, it's one. Um, but the longevity of LeBron's amazing, but they just, it, you can wear out the Lakers in a series, and the Nuggets did that to L.A., but the Nuggets did that to everyone last year. So I, I don't know. Some teams have this upside. Some don't. But the West, man, it's saturated with so much talent. The East, I really think it's it's Boston or, or Milwaukee's. Tough that Embiid is out. I mean, he's out indefinitely, not infinitely. He could come back. They could make some noise because he is a unicorn himself. I mean, what are you going to do against that guy? He can do everything. But a lot of predictions here to see what the rest of the season entails. Something's going to be right. But I assure you, some of what I say will will not fly. But with all that being said, I, I predict a rematch. Denver, excuse me, I, I mixed up my NBA finals from the Celtics and Warriors. Denver-Boston. Denver-Boston is what I'm going to go with. And that would be star-studded. That would be exciting. What would what would be absurd and would probably make people not happy would be Clippers Pacers. That would that would be kind of fun in my opinion. Uh, but I think most people would hate that. But we'll have to see. This has been win by two. Spencer Porter will have a episode next week. But there it is. All-star break for the NBA. We'll see what's to come after this weekend.